This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. And the Packers are going to the NFC Championship game. I'm your host, Ben Kurkowski, and it finally happened. The Packers and Jets have agreed to terms on a trade, and the Packers, honestly, I think, got exactly what they wanted. Officially, here is the details of the trade. The Jets receive pick number 15, a 2023 fifth-round pick, and Aaron Rodgers, while the Packers receive pick 13, pick 42, which is a second-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and a conditional 2024 second-round pick that becomes a first-round pick if Rodgers plays at least 65% of snaps next season. So what was this trade actually? Now, all of the recent uh, draft pick data tells us that swapping picks is basically nothing. It's not that big of a move, honestly. The swap that happened from the Packers switching first-round picks from 15 to 13 is equivalent to the swap that happened as the Packers gave up their fifth-round pick for the Jets' sixth-round pick, so that's basically a wash. What this trade is, it's Aaron Rodgers for pick 42 and next year's first-round pick as long as Rodgers plays 65% of offensive snaps next season. So, how likely is it that Aaron Rodgers plays at least 65% of offensive snaps next season? In 2022, 25 of the 32 NFL teams had a QB that played at least 65% of their offensive snaps. Of those teams that did not have a QB play 65% of snaps, why was that the case? Okay, I'm guessing, and once I looked at the data, I was guessing for the most part, it was because there was a quarterback competition. No clear and obvious starter to, to start the season. So the examples of four of those teams is Washington, the Commanders with Carson Wentz versus Taylor Heineke, the Steelers with Pickett and Trubisky, the Jets with uh, White versus Flacco versus Wilson, and then the Panthers with Sam Darnold versus Mayfield versus that other guy. I don't even remember his name. So really... You can't include four major teams because they aren't even in the discussion because of the quarterback competition that happened for those franchises. So really, when teams knew exactly who they wanted, their preferred starting quarterback, um, 25 of 28 teams had their preferred starting quarterback make it the whole season long. The major injuries to QBs were the Rams with Stafford, the 49ers with Garoppolo, Garoppolo and Trey Lance, and the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. So that means... Based off one season, that's not a lot of data. I didn't go back super far, but I just thought it was recent and kind of good for us to understand. If you believe that there's not a quarterback competition for the New York Jets, obviously there is not. There is an 89% chance that this second round pick will become a first round pick in 2024. And I like those odds. This is amazing news. We've talked about this time and time again, but this trade had to happen. The Jets needed it. And Aaron Rodgers, if he retired, he was not helping your the Packers get any draft capital anyways. The Packers were able to get a second round pick and basically a 2024 first round pick for a player who has one, two seasons left of playing time and a guy who didn't want to play for your organization anymore. So no matter how good he is, um, <clears throat> if Aaron Rodgers plays 
fantastic this year or if he plays terribly this year this was an amazing trade for the Packers and Brian Gutekinds did a great job winning this trade for the Packers and I honestly don't think this is like a the Packers won the Jets lost type of thing I think this is just honestly a win-win situation the Jets now have a real shot at winning Super Bowl uh, and there's no other quarterback out there that could have done that for them except maybe Lamar Jackson, except you would have to commit big money long-term to him, and you don't have to do that with Aaron Rodgers. And honestly, uh, and also Aaron Rodgers was pretty much on the cheap this season. He's expensive next season for the for the Jets, but not this season, which is really helpful in them being able to spend as much money as they can to win a Super Bowl this year. And they still had draft capital. So it was just honestly a really good move for the Jets. It was a really good move for the Packers. And so what this does now is the Packers can truly move on to the post Aaron Rodgers era. I'm not going to call this the Jordan Love era quite yet because we don't know what we have in Jordan Love, especially with the dead cap that the Packers have this season by trading Aaron Rodgers away. Something like $40 million the Packers are going to have to take on to their salary cap. The Packers currently sit with just $3.5 million of salary cap space because of this trade. That doesn't even give them enough money to sign their draft class, which just got more expensive by having an extra draft pick. It will cost the Packers around $6.5 million just to sign our draft class, meaning the Packers actually have to create cap space in order to sign our rookies that we will be drafting, which is important, obviously, <laughs> which uh, makes a lot more sense why the Packers, I think, have come to the understanding that this season is what it is. We aren't going to win a Super Bowl. We aren't going to go out. And well, because of that, you know, David Bakhtiari has said this, but that we're in a rebuild. We're a rebuilding franchise. Um, Gudikins, Matt LaFleur will never say those types of things, but it's kind of obvious based off everything that's happened is that the Packers uh, push as much money in the future as they could, not to stay competitive, but because they had to. Now the Packers still need to push out more money in the future, or they need to uh, extend a major player like Rashawn Gary to open up cap space to be able to even sign our rookies. So it makes a lot more sense now why we were not going out and signing a bunch of free agents for a team that just doesn't have the roster to compete just yet. And we don't, because even if Aaron Rodgers, or Jordan Love is above average, I don't know. I think the ceiling you can say for a, a guy like Jordan Love has got to be that he's the 10th best quarterback in the NFL this season, which still would be really good. It would bring us to the playoffs and yeah, that would probably be it. But um, I don't think we have the money necessary to build a team around. Even if Jordan Love is the 10th best quarterback, I don't think we have the money to fill in the other gaps that our team currently has to be able to actually compete to get to a Super Bowl. So Right now, all we have to do is we need to make just enough room to be able to sign our rookie class, and that means we probably will not be able to sign any free agents, which is kind of a bummer because there's some guys out there I really like, but also at the same time, you don't need to be adding these free agents, okay? You are a team that's trying to get younger, that's trying to get as cheap as possible, uh, and honestly... It's just, uh, you're going to have to build through the draft. It's just what you have to do, especially when you take on a $40 million dead cap hit by trading away Aaron Rodgers. Um, so <clears throat> I think the Packers are going to be able to uh, do this. I think there there's some easy moves. We can restructure some major players on our salary cap to be able to create the cap space necessary to sign our, our draft class or we could just simply extend a player um, that 
is due for a contract, that would be Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary is due to have a big contract to be one of the next <clears throat> uh, higher paid edge rushers in the NFL coming off that ACL injury. Um, but this is the final year of his deal. And so it's it's most likely that he would be getting a big contract coming soon. Um, and honestly, I think this trade is really pushing us towards what a potential rebuild will look like. And honestly, I really, really hope the Packers go into a full rebuild mode and kind of, I just want to dive into what that would look like right now. Because honestly, with the way our salary cap is now and inability to sign any free agents, uh, we can only draft guys. I just think it's kind of obvious that this is not going to be the year for the Packers. To me, if I were the Packers, I'm thinking about 2024. I'm thinking about 2025 where this team has a chance to win a Super Bowl, honestly. Um, And because of that, what players are on this team right now that won't be on this team next season or the season after that, most likely? And five players immediately stand out to me based off their current contracts, uh, when they're set to hit free agency, those types of things um, as guys that I there might be some value trading them away. Okay, and some of these guys I like, and I probably wouldn't do it unless the offer was perfect. And the first guy that comes to mind is A.J. Dillon. The Packers have two running backs they really like. And running back, we know, is a one of the most... How do I say it? There is the most depth in... <laughs> there's the most depth. You can always find replacement running backs. You can always find guys in the draft. You can always find guys in free agency now. Um, and you can get those guys for pretty cheap. And so... Spending top dollar on one or top draft capital on one probably isn't the wisest decision. A.J. Dillon is a former second-round pick. He's almost one of a kind in today's NFL other than Derrick Henry and what he provides to a team as a bell cow type of running back who just is a punishing runner. He's six feet tall, 250 pounds. He's a very talented player. He has had an elite rushing grade two years in a row now. I really love A.J. Dillon. But if a team came in and said, hey, we will give you a second round pick in 2024. I don't know how you don't take that trade. Um, AJ Dillon's on the last year of his contract. He's going to be due to get paid a you know a normal amount of money. It's not he's going to get paid uh, some crazy salary or anything. And maybe you would even consider offering him that contract because he's so unique. But he is a very, um, but also it's the last year of his contract. Uh, you don't shouldn't sign second contract running backs and uh i just feel like if you if the right team called said hey we love aj dillon we want to give him a big contract we'll give you second round pick for him so he doesn't even hit free agency we think we're running back away from winning the super bowl i think you have to make that move because every time you get rid of a player like these guys i'm mentioning right now your team gets a little bit worse you get draft capital for the future and we're going to talk about why it's important to get rid of these guys now because of how it's going to help us have a worse season. And if you have a worse season, you get a higher draft pick. And that higher draft pick is going to be very, very important in the 2024 NFL draft. Next guy I want to mention is John Running Jr., our starting right guard the last two years. He's been a great pass protector. He's really struggled in the run game now, though. Now, JRJ has a chance to become something special as this is his contract year, especially now that he is going to be 26 years old before the start of the 2023 season. Offensive linemen consistently are known for really growing into themselves, really hitting their stride in years three, year four of their rookie contract. And that's what this is for JRJ. Um, But 
if there is a team out there that is desperate um, in need of an interior presence and the Packers had other options because of the draft, this would be a move the Packers really should consider if they planned on replacing him anyways uh, moving forward. If you believe JRJ wasn't going to turn into anything special, definitely take a third round pick if someone offers you for him this summer. That would be a great move for the Packers to continue to uh, replace the guys that you're going to lose anyways next offseason. Next player I would consider trading is Darnell Savage. Savage plays the position with the least amount of depth on our entire roster, the safety position, but Savage is owed a guaranteed $7.9 million in 2023. That would be completely taken off the books if we traded him away. Savage is a former first round pick, but he has not played up to that potential. And the problem here is he's coming off the worst year of his career. I'm not sure if anyone out there would trade for Savage at that current price tag unless it was for like a fifth, sixth round pick. This is an option, though, the Packers should consider if they need to open up cap space, and you will see why that may be important here soon. The last two we've talked about before, um, those guys are offensive tackles David Bakhtiari and Yash Nyman. If a major NFL team loses a starting offensive tackle this offseason in the summer, especially prior to the start of the year, um, beginning, the Packers really should consider trading away both Yash Nyman and David Bakhtiari. Um, Yash is such an easy trade for teams. The Packers already, it makes sense for the Packers too. The Packers already like Zach Tom more than Yash Nyman as a starter at either tackle positions. And Yash is valuable to other NFL teams because he could play either right or left tackle. He's a very valuable trade piece. Um, to be able to continue to add draft capital. I believe the Packers should be able to get a third round back, uh, third round pick back in return for him if that team believes this is their year to win a Super Bowl. Um, but if if that's this year, okay, let's say, hey, uh, third round pick to a team. Uh, I'm just throwing out a team, the Commanders. Okay, they need an offense tackle. Something happened. They need a guy. Okay, boom, third round pick. Go ahead. But let's say... The Bills lose Deion Dawkins. Let's say the Chiefs lose um, Taylor um, that they just signed for big money uh, from the Jaguars to come over. Let's say one of these major teams that is on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl and they know that, that team might give up a second round pick to get a starting offensive tackle. Because if you have a really weak, a really terrible offensive tackle, it just crushes your team, okay? We've seen that time and time again uh, in the Super Bowls, in the playoffs the last couple of years around some major teams that lost offensive tackles. And it's just your whole offense gets crushed. You can you need to have capable offensive linemen, especially at offensive tackle, um, or your whole offense just goes downhill very, very quickly. So I think Yash could net the Packers for sure a third round pick, maybe even a second. And I think the same is the case with David Bakhtiari, but the money is an issue with Bakhtiari. If a team trades for Bakhtiari, they would basically not have to pay him anything in 2023. And he's still on contract for a big cap hit in 2024, but it's doable for the team acquiring him. The Packers would be the ones having to create cap space. The Packers would take on a $17 million cap hit if we trade him. And the Packers don't have $17 million to give, okay? The Packers would have to do some insane cap maneuvering to get back under the salary cap. It would require 
some of these other trades to happen probably. Um, giving Rashawn Gary that extension, that would save us about $8 million, but that would still only give us $9 million over. Then we would have to have traded Josh Nyman. That would save us $4.3 million, which would get us to $5.7 million still to save. And so still the Packers would have to trade Darnell Savage away um, and that would be most likely be required. And we probably wouldn't get much in return for Savage um, in that trade. Um, but um, David Bakhtiari is a very valuable left tackle. We saw once he was healthy last season, he was a top three left tackle in the NFL again. Uh, so David Bakhtiari, we talked about this before, but if he starts the year, say it's week five, he starts all five games. He looks like the best left tackle in the NFL still. And everyone's like, holy crap, this guy's amazing now that he's healthy again. And a team calls uh, because they, you know, the, the Cowboys, the 49ers lost uh, uh, Trent, uh, Trent, Trent, Trent. I'm blanking on names tonight. I have not sleep very much. Uh, been up for almost like 19 hours now. <laughs> but uh a major team, the 49ers lose a left tackle. The Eagles lose their left tackle. The whatever team loses a starting left tackle and they're a Super Bowl team and it's week five and the it's before the trade deadline and a team calls up and you're like, hey, you get Bakhtiari for nothing this season. It doesn't cost you any salary cap space. Next year, you still have a starting left tackle at a high price, but it's it's doable. And uh, he's the best left tackle in the NFL right now you're like, okay, that is probably a second round pick at least, but you're talking about a second round pick that you think you're about to win the Super Bowl with. I don't know, man. I think this should be a first round pick. So I think uh, that David Bakhtiari could at least get you a second round pick. So think about this, how, how fast we could accelerate this rebuild for this team this summer if we trade away David Bakhtiari for a second round pick, Yash for a second round pick, Savage for a sixth round pick. Then in 2024, the Packers are, you know, they still aren't going to have a ton of cap space by any means, but they're going to have a good amount to be able to make a couple moves happen. Definitely re-signing major players, definitely hitting uh, those late um, uh compensatory pick types of situations, hitting all the good value options in free agency. The Packers will probably lose and that uh, we're probably going to lose AJ Dillon. We'll probably lose John Runner Jr. <clears throat> to the free agent market. Uh, if you want to be a part of the free agency, you could just nix it and it's okay. You don't get any compensatory picks or maybe you want to wait. The Packers would have that option. But right now, in 2024, you would have two first-round picks and three second-round picks. And most importantly, the Packers are going to have an even younger roster that is going to struggle to win games in 2023. This is probably the most important part about considering why you should trade these five players away. Okay, Every time you get rid of these starting-level type of players, and some of them very good players, your team is going to have a harder time winning games this upcoming season. And with that, you're going to have a higher chance of getting the number one overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. Okay. And why is that important? Okay. Well, obviously it's important because you're talking about getting one of two quarterback prospects who might be better prospects than even Trevor Lawrence was last year. These two are that good. Okay. Maybe not Drake May, uh, or two years ago, Trevor Lawrence, but maybe they're not as good. Drake May might not be as high of a prospect as Trevor Lawrence, but Caleb Williams definitely is. The Packers not only 
could be setting up their younger players to step in and play this season. So the te- the guys we are about to draft actually will get on the field because we're trading these other players away. But also, that could help us as these younger players struggle for the Packers this year. That also could help us land the best QB prospect we might have ever seen. Caleb Williams might be the best quarterback prospect ever. Tanking, okay? People don't talk about it. People aren't going to try to lose. I get that. But when you don't have any money, you can't go out and sign players. You're going to obviously draft the best players you can. You're not going to not try to draft players. But if you trade your good players away who are not going to be on your team in 2024 anyways or or shouldn't be on your team in 2024 and you trade those players away, you're, you're, you don't have much to work with. You don't have any salary cap space. You can't go sign players. You're not going to be trading for major players. And if that's and if all those things are true, you're not going to win games. That's not tanking. It's just kind of like your coaches are going to do the best they can. You kind of have an agreement. Hey, you know, we're in a really pickle. This is a tough year financially. We're going to come back in 2024. But yes, keep doing your best. Try to win games. That's totally fine. But you are setting your team up to lose a ton of games and have a chance at landing the best QB prospect we've ever seen. So tanking is completely the right choice for the Packers and trading away these not future type of players is the way is the way to guarantee that this happens. What I want to do is to complete to complete a mock draft, a draft that would take into account some of the all the trades I just mentioned above. Um, maybe not AJ Dillon, but the rest of them. Um, a draft that would take into account some of the trades I mentioned above, and how should the Packers pursue their new setup for this roster um, for this upcoming NFL draft on Thursday? And this is kind of just a quick run through mock draft, kind of an ideal setup for the Packers. And what I did is I looked at the overall consensus board and saw which players should be available when the Packers pick, or at least one or two players away. And this is what I came up with. And this is kind of just listen to this because you can see how fast the Packers are going to be able to rebuild this team with players like the ones I'm about to mention. I'm not going to do any trades or anything at pick 13. The Packers first round pick. What if we were able to actually draft Jackson Smith and Jigba and have the best receiver in this draft, a guy capable of completing, completely transforming our receiving core and being one of the best slot receivers in the NFL from day one. You would have all rookie receivers or second year players on your <laughs> receiving core, no veterans. And it's just going to be, hey, we are the youngest pass catching group in the NFL. That's really exciting. Okay. Then pick 42. Now we get the slot. We already got the slot receiver to attack the middle of the opponent's defense, but we are still missing the dynamic tight end. Darnell Washington can be that most unique athletically potentially uh, potential tight end ever. It's insane how big and fast this guy is. And he had combine record setting hand size wingspan that allows him to catch almost any pass thrown to him. He's going to be a great run blocker eventually. And the Packers love to use their tight ends uh, as blockers as totally why inline tight ends. And I think he's going to be a red zone machine in the Matt LaFleur offense. And literally this guy is so big. No one can cover him. He just runs straight down the field. He just turns around and you just throw the ball 10 feet in the air and he's going to catch it, which is just insane. Okay. This guy's huge. Okay. No one can cover him. And it doesn't matter if he isn't even that fast on the field because he's just so big. Okay. That now we have our starting tight end. We have a starting tight end. We have our starting slot receiver. Now at pick 45, let's say we did those trades. 
we traded away both Bakhtiari and Yash Nyman as part of our developmental plan to make this Packers team worse this season and get future draft capital. That means Zach Tom is going to be our starting left tackle, and we're going to need a guy to compete to start at right tackle for us. And we need a guy who can play and play good. And so I'm drafting Dewan Jones. I think he is a special player. He's huge, yes, but he's a great pass protector because He's 370 pounds. Nobody can bull rush him because nobody can move his base. And almost nobody is fast. He's not very fast. He's very Orlando Brown-like, but he's actually a little more athletic. But nobody is fast enough to get all the way around this guy and still get to the quarterback because he has a 90-inch wingspan and 98th percentile giant hands. And so he's a mean, huge run blocker because of his hands. He gets his hands on you and you can't do anything. You can't get around him because he's so huge because the loop you have to take to get around him takes so long, you're never going to get to the quarterback. So Dewan Jones, I know he's not this outside zone uh, classic uh, tight end or uh, offensive tackle the Packers usually look at, but I think a change of scheme could be sort of coming a higher, heavier play action type of offense, uh, more reliance on the running game, especially with a young quarterback, uh, in the midst. I, I think this might be the way to go. So now we're on to our third round pick because of the way the board fell, the Packers attacked offense with their first three selections. Now they have starters across the board on the offensive side of the football. We have a hold at safety. I still saw some good value at quarterback later on. Um, and so here we're going to grab a safety, Jartavius Martin, here out of Illinois, an athletic starting safety. He's he's not elite by any means. He's a little older, but he's very athletic. He did a great job at Illinois. I think he can come in, compete to start. Um, and then at pick 116, back to the offensive side of the football. We don't have like any tight ends on this roster. We got to get another one. Here, tight end Zach Kuntz, Old Dominion, would be the pick here. He was the most athletic tight end at the combine. He was insane, insane size. Um, bet on that athleticism, turning him into kind of the perfect pass catching complement to what Darnell Washington is going to be as your classic inline tight end. And then pick 149, cornerback Jacorian Bennett, the third most athletic cornerback in this draft class. I love the Valley in the fifth round here, adding more depth to our secondary and just betting on athleticism. And he looked good out there as well. And then there's a huge gap and it drops all the way down to pick six, uh, 207, a sixth round pick here. As we, as we end the draft, there's a bunch of little players we're going to grab. These are just guys I like, and you've heard me say their names before. Savosio Dennis, uh, out of Pitt, a super athletic linebacker, really long, played very good football in college. He had great film. He's going to be a great special teamer, a developmental linebacker who could honestly take over for Devondre Campbell in 2025 because of his length, because of his athleticism. Uh, uh, pick 232, our first seventh-round pick, Roderick Martin, nose tackle, Western Kentucky, um, a great rotational nose tackle to mix it up with TJ Slayton. He's athletic. He's long. He's huge. Okay. Really like him. Pick 235 quarterback Stetson Bennett, a backup quarterback who has experience playing in big moments and playing very well doing so. Um, so I know he's not the greatest person in the world, but this just seemed like the best value and we need another quarterback. So, and we can't afford to sign one. So we could <laughs> have to draft one. Pick 242, Jake Witt, offensive tackle, Northern Michigan. He had one of the freakiest workouts we have seen from an offensive tackle prospect as a seventh rounder. That is a steal. He ha honestly, he's so athletic. He could develop into a starting offensive lineman for the Packers in a couple of years. 
Uh, I really, really like Witt. And then pick 256, Kayvon Merriweather, safety out of Iowa. This guy is not athletic, okay? But in college, he had elite coverage grades at safety for Iowa. This guy instinctually is a great safety. He knows exactly what to do. He's smart. Uh, he could compete for snaps. And between him, Rudy Ford, Jartavius Martin, this safety group is going to work itself out. They're not going to be good. They're probably not even going to be average. But I think... Uh, they're worth taking a chance on. And right here, I just rebuilt the Packers and filled in almost all of our major holes with some players I would be really excited about. And even if it's not year one, um, that's okay because that just means we get a better draft pick. If these guys aren't great as rookies, uh, but they get the playing time, they're going to get better, okay? They're going to get better faster. And this is going to be the youngest team in the NFL. And we're setting ourselves up to win big in 2024 and beyond. But this team I just built, I think is still going to be very good depending on how good Jordan Love is. You know, you look at this offense I just built, you got, you still have, I didn't even consider uh, trading AJ Dillon or uh, John Randy Jr. away in this uh, mock draft scenario I just set up. So you still have Jordan Love, Stetson Bennett. You got uh, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones. You got, uh, now you have Christian Watson as your number one wide receiver. You got Jackson Smith Jigba as your slot receiver ultra slot receiver, so productive, go-to guy. Christian Watson's your deep threat, um, uh, outside guy, and Romeo Dobbs just kind of does everything else. Okay, a great trio of wide receivers, and I really like Smart Torre. I really like Bo Melton behind them. I like those guys. Um, so I didn't even grab another wide receiver, but you can bring in a bunch of undrafted free agents. There's a bunch of guys who are very interesting late in the draft that might not even get drafted. Um, and then this office, I think... Between them, those receivers I just mentioned, and then Darnell Washington, Zach Coons, I think this could be a top 10 group of pass catchers. I, I totally believe that, even though they're super, super young. Maybe not this year, but at least in 2024. Um, and then this this offensive line, it's good. Zach Tom had an 85.7 pass blocking grade last year. When at left tackle, Elton Jenkins is going to be two years away from his ACL. He's going to be a, a high 80s PFF grade type of player next year. He's going to be a Pro Bowl guard. Josh Myers is in year three. John Runner Jr. is in year four. You have um, Dewan Jones starting at right tackle. You have depth at every position behind them. This is an amazing offensive line. This this is a great offense. I think. I totally believe that. And if Jordan Love can't look good in this offense, it's going to be the guy we draft next year then. And that's awesome. And then we talked about this in our last podcast. But defensively, we will fill in the gaps. Um, we have some guys right now to test out some at some spots um, uh, this year to kind of fill in the holes. But, you know, we're going to have some issues at edge rusher. It's going to be Preston Smith. Rashawn Gary is going to miss the start of the year. We don't have another edge rusher I'm adding in this mock draft scenario. It just didn't work out. I love some of the edge rushers in this draft class. I really, really do. But it just didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Um, in this scenario, this is just a quick mock draft to go through, but, um, we're going to have Preston Smith on one side, Kingsley Nagbrand one side where Sean Gary comes back. He'll take over. You have Justin Hollins as a rotational guy in that group. Okay. That's fine. Uh, you got Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt. You got TJ Slayton. I just added, uh, uh, Broderick Martin as another, uh, option on the interior defense line. Nothing crazy there. You still have Devondre Campbell. You still have, uh, Quay Walker. You now you just added um, Servosio Dennis as a uh, third linebacker option. I really really like. I think he could step in and play decently well. And then uh, corner, you added some depth uh, with a 
uh, Jartavius uh, Martin. Yep. Uh, oh, Jartavius Martin was our safety. Uh, we have three, uh, two more safeties now that can compete. They've had starting roles in college. They played well in college. One of them's really athletic. One of them played at an elite level. I think that's a great mix-up with Rudy Ford. Those three guys kind of running the show at safety. And then at cornerback, you got Jair, you got Rasul, you got Eric Stokes, you got Keyshawn Nixon, and now you also have Jacorian Bennett, an, a really, really athletic guy. So I really, I like this draft. I really do. And next year, you let these guys work it out. You let these guys play it out, see how they do. Maybe they play terribly. And that's kind of how it works out. And that's not the end of the world, okay? Because we talked about this in our last podcast, but defensively, what you should be doing, what I'm seeing every year is tons of value in free agency for guys who are getting signed for so cheap, guys who can come in and play at a very high level for you for just one season on the cheap and just fill in a hole on your defense, okay? Drafting guys to play in your defense sometimes doesn't work out because you have such a specific scheme. You have, you're asking them to do such specific things that they just don't have the experience doing yet. And so it takes them a long time to learn it. And you need these guys to produce from year one. So what you should do is use your money to go out and sign defensive free agents for cheap, fill in the gaps on your defense, make it a top 10 defense in the NFL by just doing that and continue to replace those guys year in and year out. Um, but next off season, we're going to have the money to fill in the gaps on defense. We're going to have two first round picks, three second round picks. The Packers would be either ready to select Caleb Williams and use more stuff to fill out the rest of this roster, or Jordan loves the guy and you probably still have a top five pick in the draft based off everything we just talked about. And then you are able to get a guy like Marvin Harrison, the best receiver prospect since Jamar Chase. Okay. Maybe better. I don't know. Um, but that good. And you're talking about replacing Romeo Dobbs who played, let's say even played above average this year. He looked good. Um, you, you still take, um, uh, that Ohio state receiver, Marvin Harrison, because he's just that good. And now you're talking about having an insane group of pass catchers for Jordan love in his and he's on a new contract, but it's going to be cheap for a couple of years before it starts to cost a little bit more. I love that. Okay. This Aaron Rodgers trade is the start of a new era for the Packers, and it should be super exciting for you. And don't have high expectations for this year, but be excited about the players we're drafting. Be excited about the potential. Be excited about 2024. Be okay with losing a game 35 to 31 because... Uh, this offense actually looked good. These offensive players we drafted are coming through and stepping up and be okay with losing major guys to trades, to build for the future. Be okay with the Packers being really boring in free agency because we don't have any money to spend because this is not about this season. This is about drafting the best players you can find that are going to help your team now and in the future and going to and setting up your franchise to get one of these two quarterbacks next season, next season, uh, next draft season. That is Caleb Williams or Drake may they both have incredible aspects to their games. And, uh, obviously Caleb Williams is probably the better option, but still Drake may is a really, really good quarterback prospect as well. And so no matter how this year goes, I think we should, there's a lot to be excited about because there's a lot of potential and the Packers haven't had this for a long time, but this is going to be a fun time to be a Packers fan. And so, 
That's all we have today, folks. If you have not already, make sure to subscribe, get a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast. We're going to do a couple mock drafts later this week, talk about some trade back situations to be able to build this roster up um, as good as possible. Um, maybe trading up for players as well. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we do, but um, the draft is Thursday night. So um, tell your friends about Packers now so they can listen, get caught up on Packers stuff before the draft and so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers now. Thanks guys.